Hello, everybody. I'm Kenneth Copeland, and this is the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. Now, last week, my grandson, Jeremy Pearsons, and his lovely wife, Sarah, ministered the Word of God to you on the broadcast. It was powerful teaching on living a legacy and staying connected to the family of faith. Now, they're back on the broadcast for week two of their study. Now, many of you know Jeremy. You say, hey, Jeremy, and he does all the closes and stuff. But let me tell you about this young man. I have learned from him. He's been in the ministry all of his life. His mother and daddy, George and Terry Pearson's pastor EMIC for years and years. Both he and Sarah are anointed ministers of the gospel. It blesses me to hear them teach and preach the word. Hey, welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. We're Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons, and we're so glad to have you with us today. We're going to spend some time together today in the Word of God. We started on yesterday's broadcast talking about what it means to be and to live in the house of faith. We're going to get right back into that today. And if you've missed anything leading up to this, then go back to kcm.org. Get caught up on those broadcasts. You can download them, watch them for free. And while you're there, look for the notes, all the notes that go along with these teachings. That's at kcm.org slash notes. And you can use those to study along with us. You can use those to do your own Bible study, preach them in church, whatever you want to do with them. They are yours and they are free. So today we're going to get right back into the word. Let's pray together and, and follow as the Lord leads us in the scriptures. Lord, we love you. We worship you and praise you today. Thank you so much for the opportunity to minister your word to your people all over the world. Lord, I am grateful for the outreach of Kenneth Copeland ministries. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of the good things, the great things, and the greater things that you are doing in and through this ministry all over the world. We declare your blessing today over Mimi and Papa, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. We call them blessed, increased, multiplied in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the good work you've begun in them, and we call you faithful to finish it. Open up our eyes today to see good things from your word. Open up our ears to hear the voice of our good shepherd. Open up our hearts to to gain understanding about who we are in Jesus and who he is in us. We thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yesterday on the broadcast, we began looking in the book of Galatians chapter 6. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to go there with us again. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, once again, it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. That's who we are. That's the house that I grew up in. That's the house you grew up in. And we've been talking all last week's broadcast and then again yesterday about what it is to be the household of faith and to in turn raise a family in the household of faith. And this is such a big deal to Sarah and to me right now. Uh, we've got Justice and Jesse, our little ones. Justice, he's nine years old. If you can believe it, Jesse Grace, she's six years old. And we are very mindful of raising these kids in the same kind of environment that Sarah and I were raised in. And that's an environment of faith. That's an environment that doesn't just believe there is a God, but believe, believes that he's good, believes that he's right, that his word is true and alive and that you can build your life on it. And, it, and, and that's probably the best way to say it. To be in the household of faith is to, to be a family that builds your life around the word of yeah. God. And that's what I want us to talk more about today. Um, 
You jump in here any second, but I want to read this to you as well from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I want to read several verses here. And we'll bounce around a little bit, but I want you to look for a particular word that shows up in each of these verses over and over and over, and then we'll talk about it. See if you can pick up on it. Just start here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. We talked about that yesterday, right? Not losing heart, not giving up, not quitting. We don't lose heart. Mm-hmm. Who is we? House of faith. Verse two, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame. Skip ahead to verse uh, five. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants for Jesus sake. Verse seven, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. Verse eight, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, not forsaken, struck down, not destroyed. Look at verse 11. We who live are always delivered to death for Jesus sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Verse 13, and since we, are you starting to pick up on this over and over, have this same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke, Sarah, say it with me, we We also also believe believe and therefore speak. Look at verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. That just keeps coming up over and over and over again because that's supposed to be one of our defining characteristics as believers and as members of the house of faith. We don't lose heart. We don't give up. We do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, the things which are not seen are eternal. Chapter 5, verse 7, read this one out loud with me. For we we walk by faith and not by sight. sight. Do you hear this little word that comes up over and over and over again? We. Mm -hmm. This is the word we. Together. Together. I mean, I'm so grateful that the Apostle Paul didn't write and say, I walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, if he had said, I walk by faith and not by sight, every one of us would have been like, well, that was you, Paul. You know, you can do that. That's not what he said. He said, we, we walk by faith. The reason I bring this up is because every child growing up in any house, I dare say, has had that experience Or you find out who you are and who the family is that you're a part of. And a lot of times it's built around this word we, especially when a child comes home to mom and dad and says, hey, can I go here? Can I do this? Can I go be a part of this thing? And mom or dad looks back and says, no, no. And then the kid, every kid's had this experience. They look back and go, well, that's not fair. Everybody else gets to. Everybody else is going. Everybody else is doing. And, and I, I know I had this experience. I'm pretty sure you did. That mom or dad turns around and says, I don't care <laughs> if everybody else is going. We don't do that. We don't go there. 
I don't care if everybody else says that. We don't say that. And you find out as a kid who you are and who the family is that you're a part of in those moments, you find out what makes you different from every other house. Did you have any of these moments growing up? Well, yeah, but I'm thinking about even moments in our own house recently with the kids and school. They come home from school and they want to pray over something or we're praying over dinner or we're praying at bedtime and they begin to pray. And at the end of the prayer, pretty much we didn't, there's no faith released. (laughs) There was no scripture spoken. It was pretty dry. And Jeremy and I will both tell them, we've taught them and trained them with this for a while, that we in this house, we pray the prayer of faith and we pray according to the word of God. So we begin to teach them how we pray in our house. And, you know, of course you'd think, well, they go to a Christian school. They, you know, they should be um, praying just like any other child praying according to the word. But really, it's amazing if you really listen um, how oftentimes there's no faith in a lot of prayers. There's no word in a mm-hmm. lot of prayers, but we t- we've taught them. We pray the scripture. Find out what your scripture is that you're believing and standing on and, and speak that scripture in your prayer. Find out what the Lord, listen to the Holy Spirit as you're praying. Pray out what he's showing you. Right. And so in our house, we pray right. like this. <laughs> and you can tell, you know, when the kids have been around other kids. And, and like you said, you know, they're in a Christian school, a great Christian school. Mm-hmm. Um, but we start to, they're, they're experiencing the same thing I did growing up. I was around Christian kids. I went to the same Christian school, kindergarten through graduation. And I was around some of the same kids for all those years. Good families, Christian families. But somewhere around junior high, I started figuring out, okay, we're a little different than the rest of this group. <laughs> like we, we talk a little different. We, we definitely pray different. Um, and I, I won't go through all the stories of how I figured it out, but I, I, I came to see there's a difference in somebody growing up in a house that lives and walks by faith mm-hmm. and somebody who's not. And and so we're experiencing some of the same things with our kids. Remember when Justice, we were in the car that day and we said, okay, buddy, pray. We're on our way to school. Let's pray over the day. Let's pray over your day at school. And I think he said something like, Father, you are in heaven. You have made man and woman. (laughs) (laughs) And I just put a stop to it right there. I I can tell. I said, buddy, have you ever heard daddy (laughs) talk? And it's not like something was wrong with what he was saying. I said, listen, I'm going to pray over this day and I want you to listen to it. And I began to declare the word of the Lord over that day with authority. This is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you for your gracious gift of protection today. You watch over Justice and Jesse all day at school. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. No evil or calamity will come near them. Well, I guarantee you this is not the way they're praying in class or other kids are praying, but hey, I don't care <laughs> if everybody else prays this way or talks this way or lives this way or doesn't pray at all. In this house, this is how we do it. I remember that specific time I, I, I told him to, I said, buddy, we talk to God like he's real. Yeah. Like he is a real friend. Talk to him like he is sitting here with you. Talk right. to him from your heart. Say, Father, I love you today. I ask you to help me. <laughs> It's I believe than we make it, yeah. I believe your angels, you send them charge over me. 
take care of me today. I receive your perfect protection. Don't talk to him like he's some foreign weird guy up, you know, yeah. he's not, he's real. God is real to us. That's right. Talk to him like he's real. You know? And this is one of those things. And this is what we're going to deal with today and the rest of this week. Those things that define us, that distinguish this house from every other house. I know, I, I remember one time, I want to say it was around junior high. I found out a lot about who we were uh, and who we weren't. Early one morning, we were sitting on the couch for family devotions. I think we'd just watched the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast, and we did that every morning, early in the morning. And then we would read a scripture and pray over the day. And I remember I had a really close friend in school whose mom had been diagnosed with a pretty serious sickness. And um, some of the guys at school were talking about it, and I guess maybe even some of the teachers. And again, it's a Christian school, which is in, in so many ways a wonderful thing. But it's also something to watch out over because you got a lot of different doctrines and beliefs coming at your kids. And that's what I was experiencing. And I think maybe some people at school have been talking about her um, my friend's mom and, and this sickness and where it came from and why she had it. And I must have said something sitting on the couch that morning when I asked mom and dad, just a simple question, something like, well, why did God do this? Or why did God allow this? Something, I, you could tell I was confused because this was what I was hearing at home and what I was hearing at school were not matching up. And baby, I found out that day <laughs> who we are <laughs> and what we believe. And I don't care if every other person at that school said God did it. He didn't do it. Yeah. And I'm telling you that morning, I may have been late for school that day because <laughs> I got preached to by Mama Pastor Terry sitting there <laughs> on the couch. And I'm telling you, I'm so thankful I did mm -hmm. because I found out what it meant that day to be in the house of faith. Mm -hmm. Now, whether I put those terms around it, sitting there as a sixth grader, seventh grader or not, I probably not. But looking back on it now, I realized that was a defining moment for me in what it means to grow up house of faith. Yeah. And now we're watching the same thing happen with our kids. And, and you've heard me say it before, but I wouldn't trade that for anything. Yeah. There are things that make this house different than every other house. Some of the things we're talking about right now. In, in every other house, you, there, there may be a way of speaking. People may talk a certain way about things. But in the house of faith, we watch our words. Mm -hmm. We watch our mouths. Yeah. How many parents have ever said that to their kid? You watch yeah. your mouth, mister. Well, we have a father. Yeah. And in this house, when doubt and unbelief and complaining and grumbling and whining starts coming out, we have a father who will say to his children, you watch your mouth. Mm. You watch your mouth. Yeah. What's supposed to be coming out of our mouths? Words of faith. We just read it here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore speak. In other words... What's coming out of our mouths is supposed to be what's already in our hearts. And that's true in every house. But what, what makes us different is we're supposed to be putting this word in our heart so that it's this word coming out of our oh, mouth. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Now, I would say if there's, if there's any n number one thing 
that I think makes this house different than any other house and that should distinguish your house as a house of faith compared to any other house, any other house on the block, any other house in the world. And that is this. We put the word first. Mm. The word of God comes first. I want to show you what Jesus said about it in the book of Luke chapter four. When Jesus was in the wilderness and being tempted by Satan, the devil said to him in verse three, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. If you're really of the house that you say you are of, he said, if you're the son, if this is really the family you're a part of, what Satan was trying to get Jesus to do was question the identity, Mm -hmm. call that identity into question. And he said, if you're really the son of God, command this stone to, to become bread. But Jesus said to him in verse four, answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Mm-hmm. And I think, Sarah, that that's what makes the house I grew up in different, the house you grew up in different, and the house we're raising our kids in different, mm-hmm. is that we treat the word of God with the same importance as we would treat a meal. Mm-hmm. And it, people would be quick to agree and say, you know, you can't live without having a steady diet of food. Mm-hmm. Well, we would say you cannot live without a steady diet of the Word of, the word of God. Amen. And what are some of the ways that, that you as a mom practice this with our kids? We'll start with your own life. I mean, how do you how do you make sure that you're getting what you need mm-hmm. from the Word? And this isn't just talk for us, but this is actually something we live by. And then how, how do we make sure that we're demonstrating that for our kids? Well, I think that um, one of the main things that I've learned over the years is how important it is what you put uh, your eyes on first thing in the morning right. and then what you look at right before you go to bed. Yeah. So how important are the mornings with God and in His Word, and how important are the evenings right before you go to sleep? I, I was remembering, I, I think it was Brother Hagen, it was someone that said that somebody asked him what he attributed his healing to, uh, being healthy and strong, and he said something about um, meditating on healing scriptures or reading about healing, healing books right before bed. And I probably don't have that exactly right, but something to that effect, yeah. that's what got in my heart. So. With my kids, right before bed, they are listening to worship music or Justice every night listens to, he has listened through the whole minister's conference DVD set over and over and over. Actually, today he was quoting it to me. He was quoting Rick Renner, Papa Copeland, um, Jeremy. He was was doing Papa's whole routine when he calls you up on stage. Hey, son, get on up here. He's got it all memorized. (laughs) He's got it all memorized. It's pretty powerful. But he, last night he came down the stairs and he said, Mommy, I want my Bible. It was after he should have already been in bed asleep. Right. But I want my, my Bible. And he got back in bed and he said, I want to, I said, well, what are you doing? It's really past bedtime. And he said, well, I want to listen to Rick Renner and follow along in my Bible to his teaching. And I thought, okay, here's your Bible. Yeah, what are you going <laughs> to say? No. Gonna say no? <laughs> and so, um, you know, we're just endeavoring to talk about the word in the morning before we, on our way to school, 
we read Psalm 91 together in the car almost every day when when I'm not driving, when Jeremy's driving. We read it every day and we pray and we release faith over their protection on the way to school. Yeah. Um, Tell them that story about what he said to the music teacher. Oh, yeah. Because they were talking about how everybody had gotten sick. Well, every morning when we're going over Psalm 91, we say a thousand will fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand. It will not come near us. We'll say our angels, Father, you give them charge over us to keep us safe from all harm. And so Justice was in choir practice one day at school and um, and they were talking about how everybody was getting the flu. I think it was the, yeah, flu, the right? flu, right? I mean, they, they yeah. were dropping like flies. I think yeah. there was six kids left in the class or yeah. something that and weren't ev- out sick. Everybody's talking it up and talking it up. And so after class, and Justice just stays quiet during class, but he walked up to his teacher after class and he said, Miss um, um, So-and-so, I'm not going to have the flu this year. And she said, oh, really? Why is that? And he said, well, because every morning on the way to school, we confess and we say a thousand will fall, may fall beside us, 10,000 at the other side, but it won't come near me. That flu will not come near me. <laughs> and she wrote me an email and she said it so ministered to her yeah. that so cool. she uh, took that scripture, Psalm 91, went and looked it up printed it off and hung it up on her bulletin board in her classroom. I thought she said she put on her mirror or something. Yeah, she she could see it every day. Yeah, she began looking at it every day and ministering to her. But how awesome is that? It's just, it's that constant repetition of doing something day after day, putting the word in their hearts um, regarding a certain thing that they're dealing with or a subject. And pretty soon they're the little lights shining and ministering it to other people. Well, you think about how much that stood out that day. And that's Mm -hmm. what we're talking about, right? The distinguishing differences between the house of faith and every other house. Well, how much did that stand out in a classroom full of teachers and kids that are just talking sickness, 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 and how everybody's sick. And if you're not sick yet, you're going to get sick. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden this nine-year-old who was probably eight years old at the time pops up and says, I'm not getting it. Wait a second. That stands out. Yeah. Why, why, why would that stand out? Well, that's a night and day kind of difference. Yeah. Well, in the house of faith, we just talk different. Yeah. We, we believe, therefore we speak. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that, that would fault us for this and that would, that would attack this message and say, that's crazy to think that you know, your words are powerful. That, that's craziness. And the, my response to that is, if your words have no power in them, then you're not born again. Mm-hmm. Because that's how you are born again, yeah. by believing in your heart that's and saying. confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And there's enough power in your heart and your mouth being in the same place, yes, believing amen. it, speaking it, mm-hmm. saying it. There's enough power in that mm-hmm. to save you for eternity. Yeah. You better believe there's enough power in it to heal your body, to provide for your family, yeah. to keep you healthy. We're different in this house. Mm-hmm. And I would say rule number one, the rule's not a good word, but in the house of faith, We put the word first. That's who we are. That's what we do. We're out of time, but Sarah and I will be back in just a moment. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.